Hello, and welcome to the Nutrition and Life Podcast. This is where we look at various nutrition and fitness-related topics through the lens of application. We want to give you practical takeaways so that you can create your healthiest, best self backed by knowledge. Now, on to the episode with your host, Coach Lisa. Hello, and welcome back to the Nutrition and Life Podcast. My name is Lisa. I'm your host. And in today's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with published author, podcaster, and TEDx speaker, Di Manuel, who loves mentoring high performers uh, to live their absolute best lives. And who wouldn't want that? So I'm very, very excited for today's conversation. Welcome to the show, Di. Thank you, Lisa. I know this has been a long time coming, you know, since we first connected into, I, I know both of our schedules have been all over the map. So it's, uh, you know, it, it happens when it's meant to happen. So <laughs> I, I'm super great to see you this morning. Well, same here. And um, we just spoke or you just told me that you're up, uh, up in Vancouver in Canada. Mm -hmm. But um, I have had a little bit of a look and your name die does not sound very um, Canadian. Per se. <laughs> I think it's more Irish or please enlighten us where that's. Oh, you're, you're close. You're close. It's actually it's a Welsh first name. Okay. So yeah. uh, from Wales and and Sort of like, you know, you know, people will be named Robert and sometimes we'll shorten their name to Bob. Yep. Right. Um, so that's very common. Uh, uh, and uh, so as an example, David in, in Wales is usually said much longer, like David. And uh, so when they shorten it up, shorten it up, it's usually shortened to die. So die is my my short form name or my Welsh name of David. So um, and then the last name is Portuguese. So, yeah, I'm a mix. <laughs> but but just so you know, that is very Canadian. A lot of mixes. Up there. So uh, <laughs> that way awesome. we go, you know. So have you ever lived outside of Canada or is that where you were yeah. and raised? Yeah, a few times. Uh, I mean, I, I had a, a business of 17 years. And uh, when I left that business, I guess about eight years ago, at the same time when I published my book, uh, my wife and I, we, we had been sort of building to get to this point where we want to be more nomadic, especially our daughters were getting older and, and uh, they were becoming early teenagers. And for those that are parents, you know that that window of them still thinking their parents are cool and wanting to hang out with them, it starts to shrink. <laughs> and uh so we wanted to capitalize that and experience the world as a full-time family. And so we started traveling and we lived around uh, North America predominantly for the first couple of years. And then um, my father was ill. So we stayed close to Canada, even though we were all over the U.S. And then after he passed, we decided we'd go overseas and we went to Southeast Asia and we ended up um, setting up a home in Bali, Indonesia. And we lived there for two and a half years before the pandemic. And, Amazing. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. So a lot of our listeners will know that I have a very um, sweet spot for Bali. For uh, ah. I've been there four times for several months. And uh, in particular in, in Changu, I don't know where yes. you had your home at. But, Umalas. So we, oh. our home was in Umalas, which is part of Changu. And uh yeah, I, I mean, uh, a number of my friends own facilities and, you know, restaurants and that in Changu. So it's, uh, yeah, Changu is where we spent most of our time. Super cool. Well, before we get to uh, carried away travel, uh, travel talking <laughs> and everything else, which sure. I do think is interesting, but most people here are probably um, here to listen to something else. Um, I would love to hear from you what it means for you or um, mm. when you coach your your mentees as well to mm -hmm. really be your highest self, to live a life as your highest mm -hmm. self. We often hear that, or people, sure. I think it's, it's hard to grasp. What's, what, what's that mean? 
Yeah, I, th I think in a way it's kind of subjective, right? Because, I mean, these journeys that we go on living our lives are very subjective. I mean, we can only experience our lives from our own perspective, you know, like the way we look at the world outside of us, but also the experience we have that are uniquely our own shapes and forms our perspective on the world. And, you know, if you look at some of the the way this is often presented, there's this idea of self-actualization. You know, Maslow sort of put this forward when his Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And it was this way of sort of identifying that there's a certain hierarchy to, to our values, to, to our needs as well. And, you know, at the bottom, we have basics that we need to be satisfied. Like we need to feel like we're safe. We need to feel like, you know, we've got a roof over our head. You know, so we're not to brave the elements. We got to feel fairly confident and safe that we have food in our belly every night, you know, and then there's some other things that start to build on that. Because once we feel safe, we might start to think about, oh, relationships with myself or others, you know, some of the things that I do that are hobby or how do I, you know, make an impact in the world. So again, that might be now because we feel safe, we can start to think about those things. As those things become more satisfied and we feel more content or, or accomplished, we start to build and build and build to the point where we get to a place where there's this idea of self-actualization, which just means we can honestly see ourselves and see that there's areas that we can improve. And so we choose intentionally to live a life that allows us to continuously grow and evolve into that intentional person that maybe we've identified we want to be. But to know a destination, we have to plot a course. You know, we have to know, okay, this is where I'm at, but this is where I want to go. And in identifying that, we can often start to reverse engineer backwards to figure out what's the best steps to take, best people to connect with, you know, the best things that I need to learn in order to grow into that version of me that I want to be. And, and so that's this idea of constantly evolving or, or intentionally growing uh, into areas that we want to grow. Not always easy. Because often with growth comes challenges, <laughs> but usually the more the challenge, the bigger the growth opportunity and the more fulfilled we feel in attaining that. And, and I think, you know, anybody can honestly answer that question. If you reflect on your own life, there's probably been some massive obstacles. Those that are listening or watching this, you, you know, you've had a life that's had its challenges, but you've gotten through them and you changed because of that your world view on everything around you changed but also the way you look at yourself changed mm. that's not by accident <laughs> you know it's not and, but it, again how much intention do we put into the things we do every day to see ourselves improve mm. so many so many great things i would absolutely agree that um we only reach our highest selves by or well, not that it's like a, a final point, but you know, we only improve, I guess, um, by going through those challenges. It really is yeah. how we respond to those that that makes us, you know, climb up that infinite ladder, essentially. Because I, yeah, I would definitely say a, a different way of framing highest self, which often sounds a little bit spiritual. And I think that that mm -hmm. can initially put people off. But if we just think of, my better self or you know if if you if if they're if people are christian or whatever people used to think like oh what would jesus do you know what would a role model do and likewise you can think what would the best version of lisa or of die or whatever in do in that moment it, particularly you know in, in my field would be um would that person choose 
to eat seven slices of pizza or would that person choose maybe to just to have two and have a salad and a little bit of chicken instead with that? I don't know. But if you ask yourself that question on a regular basis, I do think that that's a, a that in addition to challenges, facing the challenges in the right way um, is really how we progress and progress and progress. So, yeah, I, I, well I, really, I really liked your um your explanation there, I think that makes absolute sense. Um, <laughs> and so how do you guide your mentees towards that? I, I read something um, on your your Instagram, which I'm going to guide people towards later because you have some great information on there too. Um, but some something it was called the 2% solution. So I would <laughs> love to hear what that is and how that perhaps um, is intertwined with, you know, working towards your highest self. Well, a number of years ago, I, oh, listen, let's just, I'll step back uh, another step to let you know sort of how it came to be this idea of the 2% solution. Cause it's really just a repackaging of what a lot of us may already believe or are at least aware of, you know, this idea of the compounding effect. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we often think about compounding effects through things like interest, right? Compound interest. I mean, we love that because that's our money making more money, making more money. Well, it just sits there, right? And and interestingly, a, a side note, Einstein said the two most powerful forces in the universe is compound interest and love. <laughs> so, you know. That's coming from pretty, Einstein. That's Einstein. Surprising, yeah. yes. He's a wise man, you know, and yep. he was also very, very religious, right? Like he had a very, very strong faith belief. And, and so it's interesting because you have this genius by all standards uh that was trying to reconcile between religion and god and and science obviously and some of the the amazing concepts that he had so uh it, it's really interesting when you start to do some research around einstein but i digress where i'm going with this is a number of years ago you know i started into the health and wellness industries this is going back when i was 17 so a long time ago almost 30 years ago now and been helping people with navigating physical, emotional, and, and at times very psychological changes through fitness and nutrition, because it, it is, it touches all aspects of who we are. You know, the building blocks of what makes up every cell in our body is whatever we put in our mouths, whatever we inhale into our lungs. And also the way our body responds to certain stresses can be reinforced through certain movement patterns, certain commitments, certain stress management strategies. So there's all these sort of moving parts, if you will. But at the end of the day, it's just checking in with yourself and saying, hey, do I feel better when I do these types of activities or do I feel worse? Mm. Well, I feel better. I got more energy. Even though I spent energy exercising or going for a brisk walk, I actually feel like I have more energy and focus for my day, which is weird, right? We think energy out, I should just be out. I should be tired. But no, in fact, it's a very interesting phenomena. We exert certain energy with physical fitness and all of a sudden we feel more energetic, more focused, like we want to do more things. And that is the little uh, sort of conundrum with health commitments. You know, it's like, yeah, at first it seems like work, but eventually it's work that pays dividends and compounds in a very positive way. Anybody that's had huge changes in their life, it didn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. It usually happened by you committing to doing something and doing something frequently and regularly and consistently. And sure enough, you see yourself progress. You see yourself change. And that's very empowering as well. Because everybody can change. But the thing that limits our change is often ourselves. And so fast forward a lot of years, I ended up writing a book uh, about eight years ago. It was published called The Whole Life Fitness Manifesto. And it taught people how to leverage 2% of every 24 hours. 
Now, what I mean by this is if I was going to talk to anybody and they're really struggling at starting to make some changes in their lives, because often the changes can seem overwhelming. You know, if we're starting at zero, the idea to get to one involves 100% change. Now, once we get to one and above, it's a, a percentage of that change. But going from zero to one is the biggest amount of change you'll ever experience in your life. And it's often the most challenging and the most intimidating. And so my goal was to make something simple, not easy, because you still got to commit to following through and doing stuff, but simple enough to follow on a day-to-day -day basis. If people can set aside 30 minutes of every 24 hours, that's only 2% of your 24-hour day, 2%. And you commit to prioritizing some self-care with those 30 minutes, you'd be surprised at how quickly, how quickly things can start to change in a very positive way. But you have to be intentional and you have to follow through. And so I created a whole lifestyle guide or blueprint to help people do that, to see improvements in body, mind, and spirit. Fast forward now to, to now I just launched a podcast called The 2% Solution, which helps people identify strategies, tips, tricks, mental health habits, basically the little things that we often ought to be doing more of that we sometimes forget to do, <laughs> as well as interviewing amazing uh, experts to come on and share what 2% habits have helped them get to where they are in life. Because there's proof out there. It's everywhere around us. But we have to go looking for it. We have to seek it. There's examples of people doing amazing things. And it's very inspiring because when you see other people accomplishing things, there's that little mirror that gets held up in our face saying, you know what, maybe I could do that too. And then it's just a matter of starting. And start and then take another step and another step and another step as the old cliche goes, right? <laughs> and you just got to keep moving forward. There's going to be really hard days. There's going to be days where you fall on your butt. But it doesn't mean you have to stay on your butt. It doesn't mean you have to stay down. And this is where we want to work on resiliency because resiliency is that ability to come back even on the down days. And I find that that's often where we have to align with the community. And so there's some great questions I have that we can get to a little bit later, Lisa, but there's some questions that I invite everyone and anyone that wants to or is feeling the need to make a change. These are the questions that you want to answer first. Because in getting clarity, you get confident. And when you feel confident, you take better actions, more decisive actions. And that builds more confidence, which also builds more clarity. And so this, this can be wash, rinse, repeat. Because if you don't have clarity and you don't feel confident, you're going to procrastinate a lot. <laughs> because it's our human nature. We're lazy as a species. We just are. It's not our fault. It's just in our DNA. We want to conserve energy as best we can. And so if we're not sure on what we're going to do, we'll do everything but the thing that we should be doing. Netflix and chill anyone, right? <laughs> and so, yeah, so that's sort of a, a roundabout way of answering your question on the 2% solution. I couldn't agree more though. And I think <laughs> I think it's actually a mixture between laziness and just going into autopilot nowadays because mm. we're we're all, I mean, we all have that autopilot setting. And when, yes. like you say, if we don't define the direction, we're just going to follow what society tells us, what our upbringing has told us, what um, we think should be done or whatever we have been doing for decades or however, you know, many years it might have been. So you mentioned some of my favorite C words, actually, <laughs> consistency. Great. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. Anyone listening will know that I, I I can't hammer down enough on that word in particular <laughs> because yeah, I mean it doesn't help if we have these huge sprints and then 
do don't do anything for three quarters of the year and then and then again and it's not just that it doesn't help it's exhausting because you feel like working in work you keep spinning in circles whether that's in nutrition and self-development whatever you want but again if you have that consistency those smaller percentages are gonna add up much more as opposed to you thinking you don't just have to do two percent you actually have to do 50 or even 100 (laughs) percent, which is you know totally unrealistic um and Mm. then the other one was commitment um because Mm. uh there is such a big difference between just being interested or fascinated by something or like maybe even envying something or in someone else or seeing something in someone else where you're like oh i'd love to get to that place i'd love to have that as well like being being interested but committing to, to getting there is a whole, whole, whole other world. Um, and I mean, in you, you mentioned before we started recording. Um, mm-hmm. uh, in your introduction, I, I was asking, you know, uh, how to introduce you, and you said specifically you're dating your wife. You've been dating your wife for how many years? Twenty years. Twenty three years. Twenty yeah. years. Congratulations on that, first Thank of all, you. and second of all you will know that you have to put in that that not just the consistency there but being committed like i think in a relationship in any relationship if that's friendship parents whatever showing that you're consistent in your efforts you know not just uh perhaps if someone starts dating and in the first week you're you're um bombarding them with text messages and then a month <laughs> later you're answering every three three days that's not consistency mm. and you have to be committed to growth to growth together to you know whatever it is um, and yet yeah, to you to your outcome so those those were were two and then also the third c word which stood out to me was um checking in with yourself regularly because aside from not even defining the goal or not having clarity around a goal I think um, we don't revise regularly enough, or maybe we even feel bad for not wanting something anymore that we thought we wanted after a while, or admitting perhaps that something else is more important to us. So if someone comes to me and they're like, oh, I want to be a bikini competitor, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And then two months later, they're like, actually, I love my social life. Actually, I also like snacking on the couch every now and then and, you know, whatever, eating more than 1300 calories most of the time. Or then I'm like, okay, well, we need to just, you don't need to feel bad for quote unquote failing on your initial goal. We're just redefining what you actually want. Um, So, yeah. Absolutely three of my favorites. And <laughs> another one that I um, hadn't even mentioned was uh, community. So I'm interested just in general with your mentoring, with your coaching. Do you actually, do you have a a, a big platform community for all of your um, mentees or do you have um, um, small groups, uh, one-on-one coaching? Um, is it mostly men or women? Who Who do you usually work with? Yeah, it depends on the the groups that I'm serving. So uh, I do have some online communities and then some offline communities. And and I'm a part of a several different communities. You know, like I love Toastmasters. It's a, a wonderful nonprofit organization for those that aren't aware that helps people become more effective at communication, but also better at leadership. And it's a nonprofit that's all around the world. They're everywhere. Like I, I started a new club, even when I was living in Bali, I was also the president of two clubs in Bali, you know, Toastmasters. Like who would think, you know, English speaking, public speaking clubs 
on a little Indonesian island in the Southeast uh, Asia market, right? And that's just one example, but they're everywhere. And they're a wonderful community of positive people that want to develop themselves personally and professionally. So what wonderful place to get around that, you know? Because again, association is, is if you don't like what, how you're showing up or some of the habits that you have, I, I challenge you to look at who are your closest relationships? Who do you spend the most amount of time with? And you'll often find you're probably doing the net sum of what everybody else around you is doing the most often. And so don't beat yourself up, just recognize, you know, you might have to shift some of those connections and relationships. And that's where finding new communities to belong to, where you can see other examples of people doing things a little bit differently. But if that's the normal of those groups and now you're belonging in that group, you yourself will start finding yourself doing some of those things too. And so this is where we start to see some of this gradual shifting. And all you got to do is show up. You just show up. Like it's not really hard. You show up, <laughs> you know, you make a commitment, you follow through, you show up and you just be ready to learn and grow. And you'll be amazed at how quickly things can start to shift. That's one type of community. And then there's the online communities. You know, I'm sort of transitioning away from Facebook, set up a new 2% collective community, which is free for people to join. It's attached to the podcast and then some. And of course, there's lots of great resources there for people to capture. Um, but outside of that, it's also just connecting with others that are desiring similar things. You know, they want to have more fulfillment, joy and happiness in life. I mean, if people are putting up their hands saying, I want a little bit more of that. Well, great. Got a community for you. <laughs> so, and, and it's not gender biased, right? With the exception, I also run men's groups. And those men's groups obviously are for men. And they're called Mentorship Mondays or Mentorship Meetups. Uh, and it's very specific to create a space for men to start to develop a skill called vulnerability and, and be more comfortable with opening up. Not so much with other people, but especially with other men. Because mm -hmm. From my own experience, that's a real challenging thing, and it still is a challenge in the world today. Men learning how to effectively communicate what they're feeling on the inside, but also be able to connect authentically and transparently with other men without feeling animosity or fear or feeling like, oh, geez, I, I don't think anyone's going to understand me. They might use it against me. You'd be amazed at some of the things I've heard from some men that are that are very uh intimidated of the idea of opening up in front of other men. And, and believe me, I was one of those guys, and I, I still do struggle with it but that's why i keep showing up in these men's groups so i can get better at it you know so those are just a couple pockets of different examples but like i tell everybody there's a community for you out there too but you got to go looking for it you can't wait for it to find you <laughs> you know such such a good point and i love the work that you're doing especially i mean there's so much more uh, research showing that we really are experiencing sort of a loneliness um, epidemic, oh. even though being more connected socially online than ever. Um, all the statistics are showing, you know, not, not just more loneliness, um, perceived loneliness, but also, of course, mm. other mental mental health issues, etc. Yes. Um, but I think Uh, aside from that, and I'll make sure to to uh, link um, your 2% group and everything in the show notes as well. So people yeah. can go and check it out. And Toastmasters, I'm actually going to have a look yeah. if it might be in Colombia here as well. Who knows? It is. They oh, do. They oh, do. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had a couple, I had a client, two clients in Medellin, actually. Okay. And uh, I've got a couple in Costa Rica as well, just some clients down there. And uh, I know that they've been to Toastmasters there locally. Now it's usually in some of the bigger metropolitan communities, bigger yeah. cities, but yeah. you never know. You just go on their website, toastmasters.org. They have a locator 
you just type in where you live and it will zoom in and tell you the closest club. It's really, really quite cool. Well, and well, uh, I know what I, I'm doing yeah, after this awesome. podcast recording. <laughs> so thank awesome. you for that. Um, yeah. yeah, I was also going to say in regards to your work specific with men, I think really great point with creating a community there. Um, because I mean, uh, of course, women benefit from having their community as well. But I think on average, um, uh, we probably seek it out naturally a little bit more, or we're just better in, in terms of on average, uh, in terms yes. of keeping in touch with, with older friends or, you know, catching mm -hmm. up regular, sitting up dinner, get together, gathers, whatever. Whereas men are more like, oh yeah, if something's organized, they'll probably follow their, their spouse or wife or whatever that they might have or not. Um, but they don't take initiative as often for one. Yes. And second, secondly, also, um, I think it's, it's kind of been shown that, um, men in the, yeah, I don't know how many decades, but just don't have, um, that role model figure often mm -hmm. anymore in the sense of also like, you know, having your dad uh, kind of show you what it means to grow up as a, as a decent man or how to be right. um, a good hu husband or father or whatever. And um, since, since more and more marriages are failing as well. And oftentimes men are just lacking those role models that they can look up to or that they can even learn from and maybe those communities and provide them in a, that in a different sense as well just yeah just, just someone you can relate to or have um as a bit of a guidance i guess uh, also because people are veering more away from religion so like they're they're literally mm -hmm. searching for more guidance i think that that's um that's a really cool um thing to i guess put out there and just offer for anybody who, who wants to join yeah 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 and and keep in mind you said something very important there lisa is if if everybody sort of takes a a, a look at themselves and their own learning and growth in their lives you'll realize that most of the way that we learn and and neuroscience has proven this we learn most through modeling modeling other examples but also through mentorship mm -hmm. those are the two primary ways that we learn and so if you think about that, you, you got to ask yourself, well, well, who's been mentoring me? Who's been guiding me? And if you don't have a mentor, well, you're just, unfortunately, you're missing out on an opportunity to get support, mm -hmm. to support you to grow and to learn maybe some of those skills you have yet to discover in yourself. Um, but also outside of that, it's like, what are you modeling? Mm -hmm. I, I know for myself, especially in my teen years, in my 20s, I was just doing what everybody else was doing you know, which unfortunately led me down a path where I was abusing alcohol for 15 years, you know, and, and I really shied away from the mental health conversation, even though on the inside, I was hurting. Mm -hmm. I was battling depression, I was battling anxiety and social anxiety. Meanwhile, scaling my first business to eight figures a year. And you know, everybody on the outside thinking, Whoa, he's got it together. And I was like, Whoa, I got it together. No, I don't. Whoa. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> but but it's amazing. And that's what we see on social media today. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors, lack of transparency, people are trying to be something that they're not. But it's really just a facade in a way of protecting themselves. Mm -hmm. And and it's tough to know, how do I get vulnerable? How do I actually share with people how I am? And I mean, recently in the last year, we saw DJ Twitch, right? And and I mean, there was a whole, but it was unfortunate. Everything had to go viral after he passed. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, well, what happened before that? Well, yeah. if we just followed his social, all his friends thought he was fine. No problems, right? And then when after he passed, even people like Ellen, right? Ellen genres. What's going on? Didn't see that coming. And, and that's the problem, especially with men. We're really good at hiding all that stuff. 
because also it's typically modeled amongst other men. So we're just doing what everybody else is doing. Someone's <laughs> got to break the pattern, right? Someone's got to go first. And that's hard. It's really hard. But the cool part is there's a lot of men leading fantastic groups out there, opening up, being examples and models of different ways of doing it. And it actually, doesn't make them lesser of a man. It doesn't. In fact, I think it makes them a better man. It really sounds like it. Sorry, I was uh, interrupted. Yeah. But I no, had something, okay. um, I heard something exactly pertaining to this yesterday on a podcast where oh. they said that in Australia, um, the government uh, was aware of the declining um, or decline in mental health, especially mm. in, in men. And wow. they wanted to start an initiative to to improve that and some of their earlier um uh, attempts had failed and then they started something which i think the project was called sheds or something like that so they had mm. these they just um located around the country very just basically an empty shed with tools with yeah. you know whatever whatever and so men could go there if they had let's say a broken lawnmower And just yeah. be like, hey, I don't know how to fix this lawnmower. Does anyone know? And then some, someone else who might be there like, oh, I have the right tool, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then they start working on that. And as they were working on that, as it is, um, or I, I don't know, but as it's, it seems so often, um, as they were working on it after half an hour, oh, you know, how are you doing? Whatever, blah, 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 blah. And then the other person starts opening up a little bit. But um, in that podcast, they were actually just saying that for men in particular, it's often helpful mm. to have a different um, focus point mm. as opposed to, oh, I need to open up and talk about my feelings right now, mm. making it about like having uh, something to do with your hands, maybe even to distract mm. you, having a goal as in like, I want to fix this tool or I want to build yeah. uh, my my wife a table or, you know, whatever. And then you, and then in communal work, you start feeling like you can't open up or someone might say a tiny thing and you're like, oh, I know exactly what he means. And then you start, I, I thought that was really, really cool. I don't know how, cool. um, how much this project has spread or not, but I thought that that was a cool explanation. <laughs> well, I think it's a very smart idea, you know, for, for a certain type of man, for sure. And I, I think men who identify as men can relate to that. I could see the shed approach and wanting to tinker with toys and, and you know, tools specifically. And um, I'm not one of those guys. Uh, so <laughs> full disclosure, um, I'm, I'm not a fix it kind of guy. I'm like, oh boy, if I, if I don't have anybody that can fix this, I'm just going to go buy another one. I'm lazy. But, but the fact that they're, they're, they just create a safe space for men to congregate and connect mm -hmm. and communicate, that's beautiful. You know, it really is beautiful. And uh, and I can see that being successful in its own right, it, you know, but but it makes you wonder, right? Like, because there's little pockets of great initiatives happening all over the place, you know, all over the place. And I, I really do uh, appreciate what Movember does every year as well, oh, even yeah. though, you know, they have their November, you know, November, November, uh, like they're really that fundraiser. But every month they've got some sort of focus mm -hmm. and they're really doing a lot for men in the mental health space. So I, I appreciate those types of organizations. And the more they're out there promoting their their events, promoting their challenges, promoting their fundraising, it just opens up the conversation for more and more of us to have. And uh, and I think that's wonderful. You know, I, I really do. But compared to where we were 10, even 20 years ago. And 20 years ago, had I had access to these types of resources, my life might have ended up very differently. Mm -hmm. You know, now I don't wish that it did because those struggles that I went through have helped me see the world and be the version of me that I am today. But I'll tell you, 
whew, it was hard. <laughs> you know, it just Oh, is. And it is. It just I, is. I bet absolutely. Um, and that actually brings me to something that I wanted to touch on, which is um, another thing I I saw in, in your content. And you said, how can we all become um, a champion of change and not a victim of change? Because change happens every day. Like it's, it's inevitable. I mean, sometimes it Yeah. feels like things stay the same or don't change, but still you're aging. I mean, that's that's change in and of itself or even if we stand still um we're basically falling behind so you know how can we all become more of a champion of change Well, good question. And, you know, often this idea of being a champion doesn't mean that you have to win. Mm -hmm. But just having a champion mindset means that we're, we're we know it's going to be a challenge. Like, I mean, you look at these professional athletes, they go out and to become a champion, they have to overcome a whole lot to become recognized as the champion of whatever endeavor they are. But there's a mindset attached to that. You know, the most professional of athletes, you look at these Olympians, you know, to get to that level where we only have a global event every four years for them to test themselves against the rest of the world. I mean, gosh, and some of them, their sports last, like I look at Olympic weightlifters in the summer games, their total amount of time that they actually spend is less than one minute for six lifts, less than one minute. Like they train a lifetime. for less than a minute. <laughs> like how incredible is that? How focused and intentional you have to be with the effort, but good coaching and good mentors help them get to that level. And I think it's recognizing that we all need support, but here's this idea of change. You know, Buddha 2,500 years ago is like, Hey, yo world, you know what? We you only know one thing for absolute certainty. And that's that this universe is impermanent. everything's in a constant state of change. Now, in the last hundred and some odd years, science caught up and they said, whoa, Buddha's right. <laughs> you know, everything is in constant flux. Energy is constantly changing. You know, we got this law of entropy. Things are changing from one form into another, but it's energy and it's just flowing. And it's always in flux. If we accept that as a truth and the truth in our own lives, Change doesn't seem like something that's just going to run us over. It actually seems like something that we can be a little bit more proactive as well as more positive with our mindset and, and relationship with it. I'm not saying it makes it easy. I'm not saying that you have to be a best friend with change, but you can adapt more to a champion mindset where you can be okay with the change and recognize that you play a part in it. Mm. Even though a lot of change sometimes happens to us, right? Or we feel like it's happening without our wanting it to happen. But that's the nature of change as well. It is unexpected at times. But the way you react to it doesn't have to be unexpected. You know, and I often use a movie analogy to help people really understand this. And, and a lot of people are familiar with some of the Hollywood movies. And there's one that came out in the 80s called Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's the first Indiana Jones movie, the first five minutes. So whether you've seen it or not, you can YouTube it. The first five minutes of the movie is awesome. Indiana Jones got this gold idol. He got in this cave system, right? It's like this Aztec cave system. And he's trying to run out of this cave system. Booby traps are going off all over the place. He's holding on to it with dear life because he's been working so hard to get this gold idol. Think about our own challenges trying to achieve certain goals in our lives. When you get to that goal moment, you win that championship, you achieve that new promotion at work, or maybe you lost that last 10 pounds, right? Well, you don't want to change. You're like, finally, I did it. I want to stay. But inevitably, we're like Indiana Jones. We're still moving forward. Life doesn't stop when we achieve the goal. It keeps going. 
And so here's Indiana Jones running out of this cave. And then this massive boulder, like 10 times his size, starts chasing him. And he's running. He's looking behind. He's like, oh, my gosh, this thing catches me. It's going to run me over. Well, that boulder is a great metaphor for change. That's how most of us feel about change in our lives. We feel like we're Indiana Jones. We've got this goal that we're either working towards or we finally got. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, no. Change is coming. I don't want to change. I want everything to stay just perfect, just like it is. <laughs> and inevitably, you know, you see him run away and, and escape, but then it has to then hand over this gold idol to his enemy, right? That that Bo Belloc is his name and he takes the gold idol. And anyway, so the story continues. But that scene, I think, is just such a great metaphor for how most of us experience change. And here's the cool part. We can be so proactive and intentional with change. It's amazing but it often stems from the questions that we ask ourselves to figure out where are we in the process of change and where's our mindset at? And, and the three questions are, can I do this, this being the change? So can I do X, X being the change? Like when I was 15 years old, I was morbidly obese and I was like, hey, can I get healthy? Can I get healthy as a teenage boy? Can I actually get healthy? I'm really overweight. My BMI is in the forties. Can I actually get healthy? Sure enough, it just identified that there's some things I don't know about me and there's some wisdom I don't have on how to change my health. So I was like, okay, well, can I learn? Yeah, I can learn. <laughs> can I learn from somebody how to change? I bet you I can, you know, how to get healthy. I went to the library. I got books out on change, you know, like specifically my health and my fitness and nutrition. My kids are like, dad, why don't you Google it? And this is back in like <laughs> the eighties. Right. And I'm like, your dad's older than Google. Like, and then they start saying, Oh, you're older than TVs. And I'm like, okay, I'm not paying for university anymore. <laughs> but, but anyways, um, there, there's that first question, right? Can I do this? Because we have to get to a yes. Cause when you feel confident say, yeah, Okay, I can change. I can do this. There's nothing to say that I can't. Okay, now question two. If I do it, will it work? You know, so as a 15-year-old boy, morbidly obese, here I'm like, I think I can get healthy. Yeah. Well, what am I going to try to do? Well, there's people, they talk about exercise, moving your body with purpose. Oh, they talk a bit about nutrition. Huh, here's some wonderful examples of people that look like me when I'm where I am now and look at where they are now after six months, 12 months, 18 months. Well, I think I can follow that similar path and do those similar things. I, I think if I do this, it will work. Yes, yes. Now question three, is it worth it? Mm. Or more importantly, you got to look in the mirror, lock eyes with yourself, with yourself and say, am I worth it? Am I worth the change? That question is the hardest of all the questions to answer because it's going to draw out some emotional strings and there's going to be some parts of you that may not believe that you're worth the change. If you feel that way about yourself, believe me, there's people around you that love you no matter what. If you were to ask them, is it worth me changing? They're going to say, well, yeah, because if it makes your life better, it makes your happiness greater, you're more fulfilled, you're a better version of yourself, of course, they're going to say, yeah, you're worth the change. But here's the part. If you don't believe that yourself, part 3B, who do I need to get around to support me with this change? Hmm. So you see, for three, the question three there, is it worth it or am I worth it? I know that's hard to answer. And if we don't have that belief in ourselves, find a community that will believe in us. A community of people that maybe are a few steps ahead. So they can say, hey, watch your step here. I tripped here last week. Maybe they'll lend a hand, pick you up. They'll be able to offer support and mentorship. 
they're going to be there because they're on a similar journey. And eventually you'll get to a place where you feel like, yeah, I'm worth it. And maybe I can help somebody else now too. Because there's no better way of feeling more fulfilled in life, but then helping somebody else navigate a change like you navigated. Mm -hmm. And if you look at most people in the coaching and mentorship space, that's exactly what they're doing. They're helping people deal with things in their lives that they themselves, the coaches had to deal with. We're just a few steps ahead. That's it. I don't pretend to know everything. I don't, I'm far from it. My wife reminds me. Uh, <laughs> I don't know everything, but I know enough and I know how to ask for help. Mm-hmm. And I know how to ask for support. And I also know how to give support. That's enough. You know, that's enough, at least to get the journey started for people. And so those are the questions that I invite people to ask themselves. And as you start to answer these questions, you yourself will develop that championship mindset around change. Can I do this? If I do it, will it work? Is it worth it or am I worth it? And then lastly, who do I have to get around to help me with this mm. or support me with this? Mm. You work through those questions, you're a champion of change, guaranteed. <laughs> I think the, well, firstly, I, I love all those questions to ask yourself with regards to the question of, is it worth it? I think for some people, it might also be helpful to ask themselves, what happens if I don't do that? So, because oh, yeah. not everyone is motivated by that positive image, mm -hmm. but especially when it comes to physical health, um, sometimes we need that wake up moment where it's like, okay, if I continue down this path, um, where am I going to end up? If I just keep doing what I'm doing right now, where am I going to end up? What does science tell me? Am I going to be, you know, obese or even just, just overweight or having um, that really high risk for whatever disease it might be. And, you know, that can often be scarier, especially if you have other people where you're like, okay, I, I don't want my granddaughter to grow up without her, her grandma or, yes. you know, like it, that can be a really good incentive as well. Um, mm. And the other thing I was going to say, just in general, in regards to change yes, for me, As someone who, uh, how do I frame that? I am a um, conscious control freak who's trying to let go of control, which like that's, I'm trying to say like, it's something I'm working on or have always yeah. have been working on and will probably always be working on simply because I believe um, for me, having control for most people is probably it gives you a sense of security right so if in a world that's very unpredictable um where especially like for me for example also traveling a lot and you know well i guess no one knows what's coming tomorrow but if there are the the few things that i can control i like controlling of course you know mm -hmm. because yeah it makes me feel safe it makes me feel secure but then um, it is really so helpful to adapt that mindset. Firstly, like you said, just being aware that change happens. You you cannot, you just cannot control the whole entire world. Um, and what one thing that I love about travel is it always reminds you of that, no matter what. Like no matter how well you plan your trip, <laughs> right. You're right. you know, a flight is delayed or someone somewhere is just going to take longer Um. I, for instance, a, a few weeks ago, I had to deal with an immigration issue here. And um, I mean, Bogota, the capital here is, is pretty um, advanced, I would say, in terms of mm -hmm. Latin American locations. Um, but one thing that they're certainly very Latin American with is is just time and being, mm. you know, taking their time with stuff. So right. I kid you not, I was standing in this line over five hours and this exact oh. 
not, and I'm not joking. I did not have my phone or I had my phone, but I had no internet reception. I cannot recall the last time I have not done anything at all for five hours, like literally just standing there, but I had no choice. I had to wait. It was something I needed to get done. And I was just like, wow, this is like, at first, of course, I was like trying to move the the line along. I was looking around. Is there someone who can help us faster? Why is this taking so long? And again, like trying to control the situation until eventually, and it probably took me a good two hours. I just let go. And I was like, there's like, this line is not moving. I need to be here though. They're telling me just to wait. I'm not in the wrong line. Literally, you just need, and same thing with travel. Again, like one of my flights was delayed and you're like, okay, cool. Um, I mean, I'd rather be delayed than be in this airplane that potentially crashes or whatever. So I do exactly. think there are some great teachers and probably I, I, I don't have any children, but I could imagine your children probably teach you that on a daily basis as well as uh, that you cannot control them or nor should you. <laughs> But, you know, and things are unpredictable. They probably get sick more often or just stuff happens. And, and like you like you said, just accepting that that will happen is, is certainly a really good first step for me. The um, penultimate is, is probably that stoic sort of mindset of not just accepting change, but learning to love it. Um, um, yeah. or whatever the the quote is but essentially you know at first of course you're still gonna be like oh this sucks or I don't like that this is happening but then actually learning to not just accept it but love it like anything that happens to you even if you get injured learning to love it that's like my the the place that I aspire to 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 I guess um, at some stage just in terms of mindset um but yes. yeah I don't know <laughs> I don't know how I I, I think it's great, Lisa, and and I think that's that's a, a learned habit, right? Like it's consistently reframing and recognizing, and and it's that self talk, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, here's another opportunity to change. It's why I love CrossFit, right? I love CrossFit. I keep coming back to it. I've been on and off CrossFitting since 2007. Cool. And I still coach CrossFit. I compete in CrossFit. I love it. It's so much fun. I do a lot of other stuff too, but I, I love the variety and how it challenges me. Mm-hmm. You know me. Personally, like I'm not worried about competing against anybody else. I'm competing against myself and I love it because I, I like to prove to myself that I can do hard stuff, that I can, I can accomplish certain things. And, and just back to the change piece, you know, if you really think about it, when it hurts too much or so much to not change versus changing, where you're usually ready to make a change. So I'll just say that again, like when, when it hurts more to not change than to change, we're usually ready to start making some changes. Yep. And that's really what you were saying about earlier, that idea of acknowledging ourselves and recognizing where we're at and and also just being truthful. Yeah, it hurts by not doing this, you know? And accountability is a big part, right? That self-accountability. And if you don't have a coach, a mentor, or a community that holds you accountable, and you're not sharing with people what it is that you're looking to change, it's amazing how, how easy it is to let ourselves off the hook. Yeah. Yeah. I, I gosh, I know this very, very well. <laughs> okay. I've done this a lot myself. And that's why I can speak to it so well. Because I know there'll be those times where I'm very intentionally working towards something, but I haven't shared that desire or that goal with anybody. So I wake up on Monday morning. I'm like, eh, I, I was I had it all in my calendar today. I was gonna work on this, but I didn't really tell anybody I was gonna work on it. <laughs> What if I, I I might move it to Friday or maybe next week, you know, like I was going to know. And you know, who's going to know? I know. Mm -hmm. And I don't like the way it makes me feel. 
you know? And, and so I try to avoid that because that pain that I feel that just disconnect with myself mm -hmm. and happiness with myself, that guilt of myself of not following through on something that I said is important to me. Mm -hmm. That hurts too much. Yeah. If so you find that person that <laughs> you really don't want to disappoint, like your, your spouse, you know, you should try yeah. to keep all the promises to them or, yeah. or even your kids, you know, you want to be a good role model that can be, um, I'm sure, a very, very good incentive. I think um, the most often or often people don't even let themselves off, off the hook completely. They're like, oh, right now is not a good time. I'll start that yes. until like January 1st right now. Or, or, or I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> yes. Or once school is back uh, on after the yeah. summer or once, you know, whatever. And and that that's, I mean, again, also, I'm I'm also guilty guilty of, of that. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, accountability can certainly help. And we've all heard the thing of there's never a perfect time to start, but, um, you know, and still we, we, we still keep postponing stuff. But yep. yeah, I just want to <laughs> thank amazing. you so much for, yeah. for all oh, your wisdom you've uh, shared with us, especially those three questions that everyone should ask themselves. And please um, go and check out Dai's Instagram, but also, of course, his, um, his community platform. And the podcast has that launched already, or is it about to launch? We're, we're three weeks in. Oh, okay. awesome. well, we're already trending to top 100 in health and fitness. Super sense solution. Like, yeah, no, please do. And also, guess what, everybody? Lisa's going to be on my show too. So uh, <laughs> that'll be in the new year, but uh, stay tuned because I get to ask her a boatload of questions next. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I very much look forward to it. So yes, thank you so much for your time. And um, yeah, I look forward to our recording. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, or share the episode on social. Very much appreciated. You can also follow us on Instagram at Nutrition Coaching and Life or head to our website, www.nutritioncoachingandlife.com, where we provide more valuable content. Have a wonderful day. Now go out and work on your best self.